How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? Tony Lomax would be the perfect host, except for one small thing. What kind of a host invites you to his house and dies on you? Now, the only way they're going to survive the weekend is, the is to make it look like Bernie has. Bye-bye, ladies. We'll see you later. Weekend at Bernie's, a lively comedy about a guy who isn't. Do you hear something? Now playing at a theater near you. What year we had that summer where David David actually died, and you and I we had that party at uh, at your at at the in the Hamptons that we had to that was going to happen regardless. So we dragged David through that entire summer. Eventually, he did get revived at, at the end of that summer. So it was temporary death, but that yeah, was crazy. I, you know, you know me and dates. I'm really bad because <laughs> it's all just a haze but man that was a rager <laughs> and david doesn't even remember it i was dead well, yeah he was dead he was dead two months i was murdered <laughs> uh of course with that memory in mind there's only one movie to talk about this week as we return for a brand new episode of reconsinimation i'm john diner i'm david munchak i'm brent hutchins and this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're checking out how they hold up here today. And this is going to conclude our epic Andrew McCarthy August. We've been celebrating Mr. McCarthy all month long, save for a uh, brief spinoff with Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, which you can find in our archives at www.reconsinimation.com. And don't forget to check out our other Andrew McCarthy August entries with Less Than Zero and Mannequin. You can also find that in our archives at reconsinimation.com. But uh, here we are. We're talking about possibly, I said it last time with Mannequin, but this one applies too. Maybe Mr. McCarthy's most popular film, 1989's Weekend at Bernie's. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. It's finally uh... time. We you know, got I, here. I said in the mannequin episode that when I think of Andrew McCarthy, I think of him a mannequin. But actually, you know, like the him, Larry, in the in that summerish outfit, that maybe that's probably the actual vision I have of Andrew McCarthy is him as Larry in that outfit, that that summertime party, free for all spirit with the shirt, the the open button shirt and t shirt and and just. And hanging out with Bernie in his blue little suit. You got ah. the con the Converse sneakers and the, the, the big socks, sucks, right? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Like I think maybe that is the iconic image I have. I, I think I was wrong with with, man with mannequin as I as I think of McCarthy doing things. Really? Looking at her. Maybe. It may be. That's that's fair. I mean, we weren't focused on weekend at Bernie's when we were talking about mannequins, so I could get how you could make the leap there. It's like I the, yeah. I I'm different about it though. I definitely, when I think Andrew McCarthy still go with mannequin, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt, when I think of Jonathan Silverman, this is the movie I think about a hundred percent of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. This is uh this is, this is key McCarthy for me. It's mannequin in this, this really yeah. lead, leads the way. And, and it's interesting. So we we've talked about, you know, we've really covered, we've really covered the year 1987 with Andrew McCarthy. And he, it was a big year for Andrew McCarthy. It was That's like without a doubt. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I, again, I, I have not just double checked this, but I believe pretty in pink also came out right around that time. If not, you know, just before 87 during 87. So you've got less than zero pretty in pink mannequin all happening, you know, very close together. So, yeah. And then this only two years later in 89. Yeah. We're yeah. only fast forwarding two years with Weekend at Bernie's. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear Andrew McCarthy's take on, on uh, you know, behind the scenes kind of thoughts on, on this film, you can check out his book, Brat, an 80s story, which you can find on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, anywhere you Walden books, a, uh, a flea market, a flea market. 
Maybe not um, probably right away. Later. A library. Not soon. Yeah, well, this is for the people in the future when yes. all the libraries have been destroyed and we're we're fighting over water resources. Half price books. You you want to fight and like we don't have electricity for well, we have limited electricity, so you listen to podcasts, but you read books. Like, right, like and you books. get them from the flea market. I mean, that's not yeah. really the future. That actually happened this last <laughs> winter in the past in some of the southern states of the United States. Good point. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that so is that's, true. that's a reality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go but to your local library. Go to your library. Ask a friend to borrow a copy. Does Does anybody say library? Does anyone? Do you guys know anyone that says the word? Not library? anybody who knows how to read. I know, library? right? It's no. library. I it just that's a just a pet peeve. If um, if your friend of mine, you're listening, and you say the word library, um, secretly, I, or secretly, I hate you. So um, I realized. I realized shots like, fired. Just just the last week that I basically say mayonnaise. Is that? And like not mayonnaise, like Wait. I don't really have the a sound in mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, I just Ma- mayonnaise. I say I kind of just say mayonnaise. Hmm. Mayonnaise. mayonnaise. I know people who and I love mayonnaise. mayonnaise. <laughs> I love mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. I, Ma- mayonnaise. I don't think anyone's ever called me on it, and I talk about mayonnaise just enough. Ma- mayo. Just <laughs> go mayo. I do love mayo. I do say mayo. mayo a lot. Yeah, but I don't think I say mayonnaise. I say you ever hear now? I know I know an offset of people who call bagels bagels. Yeah, that's uh, crazy, and I don't know what that's about. I just had this I, conversation with someone about the word bagel. It's kind, it's kind yeah. of an act. It's a nice, yeah. There's a regional accent in there. Yeah, yeah. Bagels. bagel. I had never heard it until. I mean, I it was a while ago now, but like, it came later in life that I heard someone call bagel a bagel, and I was like, what? What? What, what are you talking about? Yeah. A, a bag a bat yeah. yeah bagel i mean i get it i understand how you get there but we all have uh our idiosyncrasies idiosyncratic yeah. india whatever for sure well and you know who doesn't have bagels mayonnaise or libraries weekend at bernie's you don't see any of that appear in that movie and that's what we're talking about here today <laughs> oh yeah all right <laughs> okay uh all right what was uh, <laughs> i do David, when was the first time you saw the classic 89 film Weekend at Bernie's? You catch it in the theaters, home video? It's very possible I saw this in the theater, but I couldn't tell you if that's true. Um, but it, it, like much of my Andrew McCarthy uh, viewing, I, I, I think I saw it many times on TV. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and around the time it came out. So, I mean, it, the, for a couple of years there, it's, it was Bernie's and Mannequin all the time. Just back and forth. Wow. Just, I, I was ping ponging back and forth. <laughs> All right. Did you uh, did you did you enjoy the movie when it came out? What was your initial thoughts? It's funny. I I think I might have had a little bit of stress over like them getting found out. Like <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like are they going to get away with this? Like are they is like how do people and like little stress that like the regular people can't clock that he's dead. That they just no matter who runs across them, they can't figure it out. Um, so it, I and I know it's just I and it's, but it's a fun, silly movie uh, that that has a lot of great moments. And um, so I don't know. I think over time, I just kept in, enjoying what it what, what was happening um, and being less stressed, less stressed for the boys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it could have a dark uh, dark ending for our two friends here. So. What if they get? What if yeah. they go into jails? Well, you know, Marvel's Separate got a, a what if series coming out, so why not have a uh, a weekend at Bernie's? What if or a mannequin? What if? Mm. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're very much living on the edge. Uh, Brent, what about you? See in the theater? No, no, I didn't. I don't actually. I saw this much later. I I don't think I saw this until high school on video uh, with uh, a couple of friends. Um at like an overnight we were kind of like mm. hanging out late or whatever and we were hanging watching out bros hanging out with the bro throwing bernies know. wait what's bernies throwing oh, bernies dude. yeah and i you know there's very few movies in my life where i recall laughing so hard i was like snorting and couldn't breathe and like rolling like i mean 
I do know of a couple, and this is certainly one of them. Like the first time I saw this movie, I was cracking up. Like I oh. thought it was at that time maybe the funniest movie I'd ever seen. Wow, really? Oh wow! And I mean, school. again, I'm not. I'm not. You got like, the high school, and you're like, Weekend at Bernie's is the funniest movie I've ever seen. Listen, listen. I I have a love hate relationship with comedies. So I'm uh, not a slapsticky guy. I'm a situational comedy kind of guy. Yeah. Now I appreciate all the, you know, his, like I appreciate all of it, but I have to be in the right kind of like headspace and all sorts of stuff for sure. a comedy to like really break through and get me like really laughing. So yeah. when it does, like it's a pretty, you know, like it stands out to me. And so this is one of those, one of those movies. And I don't recall a movie prior to this one hmm. where like I laughed as hard as I laughed seeing this for the first time. Gotcha, now gotcha. We'll, we'll we'll go back to that because I've seen it more than that one time now. And you know. It's so funny. It's funny. It it is. But you have a visceral memory of like I absolutely like yeah. I was cracking up. I mean, and it's not like the entire movie, but like there's like there will be a specific scene in a movie or whatever that just like gets me rolling, and it's Mm -hmm. like I'm like tearing up, and it's you know like I can't breathe. I'm it's and it doesn't happen often, Hmm. but when it happens, I'm like oh man, that felt great. You know, (laughs) you got you you got Bernie'd. I got Bernie'd. Yeah. Yes. For Simple sure. as that. Absolutely. Um, that's awesome. That's uh, that's interesting to hear. I, I I remember when I didn't see this in the theaters. I saw it with my friend Eamon, who's uh, a very loyal listener to this show. So shout out to him. Shout uh, we saw it. I want to say summer of 1990 on video, which was a great summer. Hung out every, like every day bike riding across town, swimming, you know, just doing kid stuff, watch weekend at Bernie's like young guns, you know, that kind of thing, but Not a uh, care in the world, no, no mortgage, yeah. no frolicking. Yes. Nothing just but summer fun, you know, walking through creeks. Yeah. And, and creeks riding creeks, riding the, bikes and on those trails and hmm. train tracks and all that. Are cricks yeah. and creeks different or are those two? Is that the same thing? And then it's just how you pronounce it's it. It's like a bagel and a bagel, I think. All right. Just double check. Yeah. I, I don't use the word crick. It seems vaguely racist. I'll never use it ever. Okay. Gonna... <laughs> I don't know. It seems racist. <laughs> okay. It seems vaguely offensive. Maybe <laughs> not racist. Offensive. <laughs> uh, but I, right. I found this movie... <laughs> Maybe not quite as funny as you did, Brent, but I was definitely like everything with Bernie is so funny. Right. Bernie's so funny. It's great. He's yeah. hilarious. Like, I swear, I think Terry Kaiser should have won an Oscar for this role. Like, this is an amazing performance that holds up today. Mm. And he's a hundred like a thousand percent in it. Oh, he's yeah. amazing. He's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, in this that 100%. stands up. Yeah, I mean, and of course we're gonna get into it, but uh, but yeah, I I I had a deep love for this movie. I didn't see it for years after that, and I, I actually didn't see it till I got it for free with a uh, a I think a Pizza Hut pizza or something. Ooh. It was a movie night giveaway, and nice. I forget what the other choices were, but I was like, yeah, I'll take a free weekend at Bernie's DVD with my. My pepperoni pizza. That might be DVD? how we saw the movie too. Yeah. DVD. Yeah. Yeah. DVD. Yep. So you're saying like 1998? No, this was 99. like 2003. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Bernie came back into my life through a pizza, Beautiful. and and I've loved it ever since. So it's a, it's a classic in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to hit our favorite Bernie moments later. Just like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, you know, these lighthearted movies, we talked a little bit about, about this in our mannequin episode, but I, I think these, these lighthearted comedies of, you know, it's really specifically of the eighties, but in general, 
they do have their place. This is another one of those movies that I can just relax and have fun with. I, I didn't get stressed out like you did, David, but I think it's really important to have those pieces of entertainment that can take you out of your life, out of the crazy, busy world that you live in, maybe, and whatever else is going on, that you can take an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes, whatever this the running time is here, and just live in this wacky world where this kind of thing can even happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a movie that has a comedic take on necrophilia. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> so it's let's funny. not forget that. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you could also like we we went real dark and deep in our mannequin uh, uh, review that there is a real dark side if you want to look at it that way to mannequin you could also see this that way i mean there's some there's some really creepy things that happened here and and could you i guess you couldn't really call this movie a zombie movie because he's not like once he bernie's dead he's dead I guess you really couldn't call it a zombie movie. <laughs> maybe you could slide it in that direction. But... <laughs> part, part two, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part two. I have seen part two, and I don't remember a thing about it. So. Yeah. Well, I d- I'm sure it was kind of funny. I, I remember voodoo. That's all. Yeah. I it's it's it's. Oh, there's that... voodoo element. Oh, the huge, huge. Yeah. Does Bernie come back to life? Kind of. It's, that I don't remember. Uh, that would fall into the completely racist category. Uh, oh, looking okay. at it now, yeah. Well, I'm assuming, yeah, with the, yeah, voodoo was not handled properly in 1991, or right? Whenever that movie came out, 93, so, yeah, 93. Four years later, yeah, they all come back, and I think Bernie has the same outfit on. But this movie it's, is really sort of the last kind of. It feels like it's like the last hit for Andrew McCarthy that his his real star power didn't really when you look in the grand scheme of things it didn't really span a huge amount of time it's really that like early 80s like 83 to 80 pretty much to 89 i mean i can't think of a uh major movie that he was the lead in after this that was a big big success um i guess that's true i think you're right yeah I mean, he was always working, but yeah, like be, to be a leading star and and all that, like he was as he was considered in this brat packy era. That is now like by this point, the brat pack isn't really a thing that's talked about in the same way. I think right. Well, they yeah, that was pretty much a mid '80s thing. That yeah. by this point, they've kind of split up and they're not necessarily working together and they're doing all their things on their own and some of them are becoming bigger stars than others. And some of them are kind of starting to fade away. I don't think Andrew really had the goal of being a big star. You know, he was not into the drugs and the party scene like everyone else where I think he did struggle with, with alcohol at a certain point, but um, he never really wanted to be in the spotlight. Like some of those guys did who really took to the stardom and, you know, your Rob Lowe's and Emilio's and, Demi Moore's and mm-hmm. but then you've got your your Ali Sheedy's and your Anthony Michael Hall's and your and your Andrew McCarthy's who kind of took a step back at a certain point not necessarily always by choice but uh you know and then through the 90s we really didn't see Andrew McCarthy nearly as often as we did in the 80s and then eventually he kind of just uh morphs into a, a directorial career on uh, a, a lot of uh, Orange is the New Black, The Blacklist, and uh, other um, you know television shows. So that's where he is now. But uh, right. mm-hmm. this was kind of feels like the last hurrah for Andrew McCarthy, and yeah. what a hurrah it is! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good is... way to go out with a bang. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I I agree that you don't see him pop up too much after this, which is interesting because I think I know that this movie when it first came out was not like. Um, greatly received by the critics, at least. But I feel like it's got, uh, and I don't know if this built later because I didn't see it until much later, but it's certainly got uh, a pretty solid cult uh, fan base, you know, um, from 
people our age, yeah. you know, at least that, that were introduced. And I think anybody you talk to is like, Oh yeah, that movie's funny. You know, like it's a funny movie. So I don't well, know. Th- and there's a big difference between this and a mannequin that both have cult status for different reasons. I think this one is still that right, the right side of fun where you can, which doesn't have the, you know, kind of really bizarre things go on that, that mannequin does. You know, I watched, I watched this with my kids and they were laughing the whole time. Like they really, I mean, yeah, you know, they know it's a light movie and not like a serious thing, but they had a good time with it. It was silly that the slapstick kind of humor really works well here. And the, and part of that is through the performance of all these guys, really. I mean, McCarthy is so animated in this one. He's so, he's got so much life compared to some of, he's very reserved. And as we talked about in less than zero, even in mannequin, he doesn't seem to go all the way over the top. Like, some of the other actors do in that one here yeah. he's he's going for it oh yeah. yeah yeah he really sells it and it's it's fun to see him in that like being the sort of the scheming troublemaker of the of, of this little duo this yeah it's duo a little friendship. bit different like kind of look for him right like he's kind yeah. of the he's kind of the troublemaker versus versus in the in kind of other movies even though he's a in mannequin a a misunderstood creative artist you know right uh in in less than zero he's certainly like the the straight man in that one right so yeah yeah um, and pretty yeah. in pink you know yep. there's yep. yeah yeah it seems like that like that like you know he he always has a, a sense of whimsy and and in his performance and you know and and he, he can really sell his, his roles by by being very understated, I think, like, I think he's, he's so subtle in a lot of his performances. So yeah. for him to like, kind of break out like this way, and it's like, it's kind of the perfect role for him because like his whimsy gets to be front and center, um, yeah. that you're just like, and it, and it, and it works. Like he's not like, uh, and it's obviously like, it's a good enough script. Like these guys are very likable together as a, as a little, as a crew, like, you know, and, yeah, they, they. It's just a. It's kind of perfect casting with with he, him and John Silverman. Yeah, um, Jonathan Silverman. So, um, to, as a and with with Jerry Kaiser. I mean, yeah, what a trio. Yeah, they're a really really good uh, duo here. The the pairing really really works. Yeah. They've got such a good energy between the two of them. And yeah. and really McCarthy. I mean, his character doesn't, Larry doesn't really have a B plot. No. Whereas Jonathan Silverman's character does. He's got the whole relationship, yeah. uh, you know, with uh, 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 Catherine Mary Stewart that, um, mm-hmm. you know, is going on throughout the whole movie that yeah, with it Gwen. feels like it's a little bit more Silverman's movie than McCarthy's. You know, he's a little bit, you know, yeah. a little bit more of a kind of a sidekick than a total yeah. lead. But unless, you know, I'm not sure if uh, there was, was a subplot that got chopped, you know, in the editing room or what. But uh, I don't know. That's the way it comes across sort of. Now. No, I think you're right. I think Silverman has more to do in the in the in the movie, you know. When I think of it, though, when when I remember it from seeing it the first time, I always thought of it as an Andrew McCarthy movie. But now watching it, I'm like, nah, it's kind of more of a Jonathan Silverman movie. Really, let's be honest, it's a Terry Kaiser movie. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think maybe that has something to do with, and for me at least, it would. Uh, Andrew McCarthy is a more recognizable actor from things growing up, like Jonathan Silverman. Like I know that I have seen him in other things, but there's not any one thing of his besides Weekend at Bernie's that stands out that I'm like, oh, it's it's Silverman, you know? Whereas like Andrew McCarthy, like there are several movies kind of from that era and that time frame that, you know, as I was growing up, I had seen several times. And so like, he was just a bigger face name that I recognize. So like, mm-hmm. I think I just always associated that with him being a bigger part in in this as well. 
Yeah, yeah. At the time, definitely McCarthy was the bigger name. Silverman had done Brighton Beach Memoirs and Biloxi Blues on Broadway and then did the feature of Brighton Beach Memoirs. I can't remember when that movie came out, though, if that was before. I think it had to be before uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, definitely. Um, he didn't do the movie of Biloxi Blues. It was Matthew Broderick in the right. film. But right. um, but then Silverman became much more of a TV guy through the 90s. Was it The, Absolutely. Single, the single Guy? Was that the name of his show? That yeah. sounds right. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But he, I think he had a number of shows um, with one of them at Ernest Borgnine. I think that was The Single Guy. But uh, yeah, yep. And then he's still around now. You know, you don't see him as often anymore, but I, I think he stays busy and he's still working, you know, a lot. It may not he be. Pops up, he pops up in a lot of the stuff that Andrew McCarthy directs. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. Hmm. See? So. The McCarthy team-ups continue to this yeah. day. So if it's not Spader, it's Silverman. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> what kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? I don't understand why he couldn't wait until Monday to kill himself. Why don't we just pretend he didn't die? How does a movie like this come into existence? How does this, how does this get made? Let's, let's dive into the backstory here. Uh, and it starts with uh, producer Victor Dry and writer Robert Klein, who had just done the Tom Hanks film, The Man with One Red Shoe. So... Mm-hmm. When I think they had a good relationship with each other and wanted to, you know, work on another project together. So dry, you know, asks clean what, what he's got. And he's got a script about two kids who are dragging a dead guy around fire Island. Uh, <laughs> and that's called hot and cold. And, you know, they start developing it. They try to develop it with MGM, right. When they kind of go under. So uh, they, they pitch it uh, over at Fox and initially was pitched as a vehicle for the Corys. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The Corys. Is that right? Yeah. So if uh, another what if situation, Wow. how would this movie have turned out if it was Corey Feldman, who I would imagine would be the, the Andrew McCarthy role and Corey Haim maybe as the Jonathan Silverman role. What, what do you guys think? Would that have been, would that have been worth watching? Yeah. I'm at this good. time, at this time, yeah, it would have been must watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Must watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can only imagine they would have done this instead of probably Dream a Little Dream. Yeah. Oh, is that what? Okay. I think I want to say that was 89. It could be a little bit later than that, but yeah. Yeah. This but would have been Dream a Little Dream was kind of on the tail end of their, like the thing. So that this was, may have, re- re- yeah. I see yeah. That was their last their last big hit together. I mean, they still yeah. did things together, but that was the last one where they were, was really a success. So yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been interesting to see them in these roles. I would have loved it. I think, I think it would have been a great movie not to say it just would have been different than the way these guys played it. So it yeah, nice I mean, I think, the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David. I was just saying, it's always nice to see the Corys together. So yeah, I would see that. I would see this. I would see that version, but yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been, I, to your point, John, I think it would have been really different. Like the comedy would have been very different. Yeah. 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 It just yeah. would have, they just would have played the characters differently. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily better or worse, just sort of a alternate version of it. So I would have loved to have seen that. Um, but eventually we, you know, we get and McCarthy's a star at this point, you know, mannequin was a, was a big success as we, we recently discussed. So, uh, you know, it would make sense to get him here. Another, you know, getting Silverman is coming off of Caddyshack 2, which is everyone's favorite Caddyshack. <laughs> right. Hey, I, love me, I love me some Caddyshack 2. <laughs> I saw it in the theater and loved it at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a big, that's a big high profile movie. I mean, I, I remember Caddyshack 2. They was Warner Brothers pushed that movie very hard. The posters were everywhere. So, yeah. and he's the really the lead of it. So, um, good for him. But, um, so, you know, you snatch these guys up and uh, we've got Ted Kotcheff as the director. Really interesting choice. Um, he was a Canadian uh, director who ended up directing a lot of British TV and then moved to, uh, back to the States and 
uh, yeah, did TV throughout the seventies and then North Dallas 40, then first blood and yeah, let's common talk valor. The so, big oh, first, yeah. first blood. Yeah. So when I think of Ted Kotcheff, I think of first blood and, and really uncommon valor, like those, like he's a kind of military action director, not true at all. That's not what he did before the, the, you know, that and afterwards. So he went back to comedy after those movies, but I think he's always going to be most known for first blood. Yeah. So there's, so there's a couple different links between, uh, you know, this movie or weekend at Bernie's and mannequin. One of them, obviously is Andrew McCarthy. Uh, the other one is, I think Terry Kaiser is in Mannequin too, but like uh, something about Mannequin is, you know, the dog in Mannequin is named Rambo and the director of Weekend at Bernie's directed Rambo. It's all connected. It we're, is. We're, we're all connected, guys. Wow. Yeah, we haven't we haven't even made the, the leap yet with Terry Kaiser and Friday the 13th part seven. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Guys, oh. I'm I'm just gonna say Terry Kaiser is going to be when we have our reconsinimation Hall of Fame. Terry Kaiser is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. So this I'm is throwing his it first down. appearance on the podcast, by the way. But it's such an amazing one. But it's, oh but no, oh, absolutely. It's 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 coming. Yeah. Okay. But um, we'll see him twice and. <laughs> I don't twice and within within five years of doing the show that's right uh but yeah so interesting choice for ted kotcheff as the director here but um and i think it was uh according to i think it was according to mccarthy that there were moments that you know he would get frustrated when the, if the comedy wasn't working he would start to get kind of angry as some directors do but you know i, I think i think uh I think he knew what he was doing. He hit the right beats here and it all cuts together nicely. He hit the tone, which is really one of the hardest things to achieve when you're making a movie of just capturing the right tone. If your tone is off, you know, your whole movie just isn't going to gel. So uh, I think, I think he nails it here, but, um, and then the, the, the other big piece of the puzzle is the casting of Bernie and, Terry Kaiser was up for the role initially and uh, ended up having some kind of vehicle accident and had to bow out of the audition because he was recovering. He assumed the role went away entirely. And then a few weeks later, finds out it's still available. He's recovered. And he, I did not realize this, but apparently this is the only role that he's done where he had a mustache. Mm. I always wow. assume like I picture him as Bernie with the mustache, but yeah. he only had it for this. He felt like, and that was part of him preparing for the audition was he, he had like, he, while he was recovering, he let his hair grow out. He had a big beard. And then when he went in, he sh- cut his hair, shaved the beard off, but opted to leave the mustache. And, you know, he sort of viewed like, well, Bernie's kind of the villain sort of, you know, not, yeah. Not the villain, really, but a bad guy, quote unquote, that, you know, like might as well balance it. They're clean, two clean shaven guys. He'll go with the mustache and uh, he feels like the mustache is what got him the role. Yeah, I as a kid, I, I think this was my first time I ever seen Terry Kaiser in something that I would. And so anytime I've, I've and, and still to this day, whenever I see Terry Kaiser in something, I'm like, oh, he looks weird. He doesn't have a mustache. yeah yeah 100 percent mustache so important well and i think it also helped him sell like that kind of schwarmy 80s like yeah you know he looks so perfect sleaze sleaze bag yeah he wears the mustache well and yeah paired with the that a suit and paired with the sunglasses and just yeah he just looks great yeah, yeah, and he said he'd never he'd never sport the mustache again because it's that's Bernie. Like the the, the mustache is Bernie, belongs to mm-hmm. Bernie. So right. Yeah. Huh. But uh yeah, now let's get into it with Terry. This performance is I it's just so good that he can just let his body what he does with his body language and his facial expression, that Bernie smirk that he you know, he really, when they started shooting, like he had to practice and 
with a facial expression that would make people laugh, but one that he could hold for minutes at a time. Yeah. I mean, think about he's got to hold his breath, hold this expression and have his entire body be completely loose so that they could do all the, the comedy gags that they're doing. Yeah. When in real life, you know, it rigor mortis would set in and he'd be like, right. Yeah. Rock solid. But <laughs> yeah, he'd be not stiff as a board. And he would have, uh, you know, his, his insides would have evacuated after he died. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> to, which, you know, whatever. I didn't, well. I didn't, I didn't know that when I was a kid. It didn't matter. It's funny. He's got those white pants. That would have been a big problem. Yeah. That would big, have been a real mess. Problem. Yeah. Anyway. But it's genius. It's genius. And and the, the commitment to that performance is like yeah. no other. Bernie is the greatest per- performance by any actor ever in the history Holy of shit. acting. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, is, that, yes. Is, that is bold. Uh, I'm just going to call it out right there. You never, nothing's going <laughs> to top it. There's never been a better performance. Not, you are... not Brando, not De Niro. Oh. Not Heston. Oh, forget Heston. It's Terry Kaiser all it's the Terry way. Terry Kaiser, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we know where John stands on this. <laughs> Great. Hey, listen, it but it is up there. It's it's an impressive, it's hit. it's very impressive and and just yeah, like you, you got three different personalities uh between the these three main characters in the movie. Um and you get just every everything with Bernie. It's you. You have a moment. There's so much comedy. It's just it is a laugh fest. I. I it's just a uh, yeah. I like it's just a, his, his body falling and just ending up in the on the the sand or in in the waves and, and just people and like people like bumping into him and making them like oh, you yeah. know as though they're communicating and the absurdity of that one guy keeps trying to buy his car yeah. and it's just, like. <laughs> It's the, that kept building. Like they, it's not like it came up once or twice. It was right. like four or five times. Yeah, and it was like great. Like, and it becomes nobody, like, like a, a, a negotiation. It dawns on nobody that he's that he's not responding at all during yeah. this entire movie because yeah. he's got the sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah of course. So, so um, and yeah, and they're using him as a puppet, and yeah, it's it's say what you want about the movie. You can tear the movie down as a whole. I don't think you'd find anybody who would tear down that performance though. No, no, not at all. So I like, I like when they're all sitting with them together, like, like later on in the movie and like, they're all waving and like, they just have their arm completely under his arm. <laughs> and it's such a clever little gag to like, if you were not, if you're not paying attention, you'd think he's, he's yeah, he'd be waving too. Yeah. Like they wave with one hand and then they, they just knock it forward. I just like, Oh, that's a little, they found these little brilliant little ways to make him seem alive. Yeah. Um, which is just, uh, that, that really helps. Uh, I don't know. That's a little, those details that help it. And I didn't remember, I, I thought, you know, watching it back this time, I remembered Bernie, you know, getting murdered m- happening much faster in the movie, but it's really oh, yeah. like it's 20 minutes in and there's a whole like, build up to that storyline happening that first reel i didn't remember any of that like the first 20 minutes like i forgot completely all about it until they got to the beach yeah yeah. now i don't know what i thought was happening at the beginning of the movie like how they got there but i don't recall any of that from from the other times that i saw it and when we were when we when i watched it this time i was like oh okay that that all happened and that's a that's a big chunk of time Oh, I really, here, yeah, I really did forget the whole mafia like connection subplot, which is really like how he dies. Like, right. I didn't even remember. I remember that somebody injects him with something, but not really thinking about who that was or why. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we see we see a fair amount of Bernie living <laughs> before he's gets yeah. uh, drugged to death. Establishing yeah. why we shouldn't feel bad when he does die, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. they have to do that so that when he is dead, you're not like, oh, well, yeah. Like, okay. yeah. I mean, the plot really does in a lot of ways, the plot does make sense. It's just, it gets at once he dies, then it just becomes bananas. But yeah, you know, there are these two, uh, these two young adults who are working at this insurance company and discover this, 
insurance fraud, essentially, that that is really being uh, done by Bernie, who hadn't his hidden his tracks well enough. Uh, they don't realize that it's Bernie, but <clears throat> he realizes that they've caught him and he's going to attempt to have them killed. Yeah. So that's the uh, answer. Yeah. So he invites them to his uh, weekend, you know, his beach house for a party that weekend with the with the intention of killing them when they get there to to cover it up and get him back in the good graces of of the the mob that he's tied up with. And the mob, knowing that Bernie's sort of just a loose end for them and that he's having an affair with uh, the mob guy's girlfriend, mm. just opt to just have him whacked and have him get rid of him, get rid of yeah. him and forget about the, the kid, the guys. Yeah, it's cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Or, the, or so they think. Right. And that hitman is played by Don Kalfa, who... Another yet another actor who uh, relates back to our Return of the Living Dead episode. Yeah, yes, uh, which we covered way back in in year one of Reconsidimation. Of course, you can hear that in the archives at www.reconsidimation.com. Uh, but another great performance. He's uh, you know so good at that kind of another a little bit of an over the top hitman assassin character. Yeah. He comes well, in right. with different outfits. He's a priest and he's like a, let's see, have like a captain's outfit on at one point. And... Yeah. He kept yeah. changing his look. Yeah. <laughs> he's got many disguises. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the, that, that whole like through line where he thinks he's killed Bernie and then he sees Bernie with the kids and he looks like he's still alive and he keeps trying to kill him over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I mean, that's talking about kind of, David, you mentioned some of the funny Bernie moments. I think like that kind of like going back to that over and over again was was one of one of, kind of one of my favorite gags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a it's a well done subplot. My my absolute laugh out loud moment of it, though, of the movie with Bernie was when he gets dumped over the side and he just lands on Don Calva and it looks like they're, and he's like, fight, they're like fighting. It's such a great, just the physical comedy of how he yeah. is hanging on him. And then yeah. he's just choking Bernie to death. And it's yeah. just it's like, I, got, I just, I, yeah, that was my biggest moment. I, I was laughing, but that was the big moment for me on this, uh, in this movie. So, well, like, it, yeah. Yeah. So Don Calva was like, it just, they, he played so great as this character just kept like getting, you know, it, it kept ratcheting up every time. He's like, how can't is he not dead? It. Like, yeah, yeah. How, how, how is he still alive? And yeah. yet he doesn't see that this guy is indeed dead each yeah, time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he does it like, what, four or five times he kills him in different ways? I think it's just, just or, three. Right? Yeah, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great performance there by him. But the whole plot of like, once once the McCarthy and and Silverman get to the house and they pretty quickly realize that Bernie is dead. Yeah. Make that decision. Yeah. Once they find, make that decision that like they have to have that party. They're there for the party. They have to see it through and they're not going to let his death ruin that entire weekend. Yeah. But they were like, they just, they just sort of knew inevitably like all these people, like it was just getting out of hand. Like, someone's going to figure it out and but like they didn't want to be the ones to dis- discover him dead um so they they thought like when all those people just started coming in you could tell like it's just like well someone's going to figure it out right and then it was like and then and then yeah then john then richard jonathan silverman's character like yeah if he didn't have that subplot the romantic subplot with yeah it, the movie would have you know been over quickly yeah. <laughs> just in terms right. of but like you know he he, he yeah, because it's his his motivation to like, because he just he just likes this girl. <laughs> like he's going out of his way to cover up de- a dead a dead body. Yeah, he's gonna um, play along so he can get more time with the girl, right? Yeah, right. Um, and like you know, and ri- yeah, Richard just kind of like he. I felt terrible for her that I can believe like all the deception and stuff like that. She kept coming back to him. Yeah. He's not a very good guy either. You know I mean? Like, I think he's supposed (laughs) to be a good guy in the movie, but he's not like he lies to her about 
his his living situation and his yeah. which was kind of hilarious that was sure, funny scene. sure it's yeah. funny but like he's like if you like someone and you're building uh, a foundation on lies like <laughs> dude you're a dick like yeah. not yeah, good this... i don't see a, a, a good future there for that that relationship well like yeah. that's the thing they both and they both like tried to deceive like they you know they came up with little schemes to s- deceive that bernie's dad just because they all had their own like Larry just Reason, wanted to yeah. party. Like right. just, he didn't, he deserved this party because he he doesn't really work that hard and like, he just but like uh, he just wanted to enjoy the the richness of it of of being rich and yeah. Larry's all about taking advantage of the situation, whether it's whether yeah. it's Richard discovering something that's in the in the books as far as money being stole or yeah, yeah. having this beach house and all the beautiful women and amenities and everything that are, that he's got access to thrown at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He's just, he takes advantage of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Catherine Mary Stewart is uh, a familiar face to a lot of eighties fans, seeing her in night of the comet and the last Starfighter, And yeah. she kind of popped up in a lot of things. A good, a, she's sort of the straight person here that she's got to react to, I guess. Yeah. Mostly Richard's, lies and and the ridiculousness that he continues to get them involved in um and then also not seeing bernie my favorite bernie moment is on the beach when he just like slides up next to them yeah yeah and she doesn't see it and (laughs) yeah he's like oh my god (laughs) how is this happening to me yeah that was a that was a great laugh out loud moment as well yeah i love that uh, but I think she's great. I think it was really good, yeah. good casting on on their part. That um, uh, somebody I think she could have had, I don't know, like a bigger career. I think she was a better actress than she got a chance to really show. So, uh, but it was good to see her in this movie. Yeah, yeah. She didn't really do much after this, right? Like, I feel like no, she was around a little bit, kind of into the early '90s, and then. And then that was kind of it. I mean, I guess she's still acting, but yeah, but nothing like big. Right. She's a working actor. Yeah. Like she's, she does a lot of TV and she still does movies and things, but nothing, nothing uh, that has a like mass audience. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I find a lot of their performances fairly over the top. I mean the the scene where with Richard and and uh, Catherine Mary Stewart in in his apartment in the beginning before they go out to the to the uh, the beach mm-hmm. where he's just lying about his whole living situation I <laughs> I love that scene and he's just like digging that hole deeper and deeper and it's just more and more ridiculous and it's like how does she not see him just stumbling right. like all right. over Well she did she did yeah. <laughs> right when when he when when the father like talks which, to him, which is Ted Kotcheff, that's the director. Oh, yes. Gotcha. Oh, it, oh, I didn't put that. Together. And supposedly McCarthy is the one who directed that scene. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, neat. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't know that. Huh. It's a long scene. It's a good scene. Yeah, it just goes on yeah. and <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that was that was funny. And it, like, yeah, it's just like all the lies just led to like she's just like I'm out of here. Goodbye. Like. <laughs> And and then he just tries and then he just the fact that like his scheme didn't work then and then the next scheme to deal with her. Oh yeah. He's like he's gonna be he literally says when she when he meets her again on the beach, he's like, No more lying, honesty from here on out. And like Bernie has already been dead, and then just constant lying. Like it's just you see, you know, again, because it's like it's such a silly movie like you know we don't have to like have a moral kind of objection to it it's just like if you look but as we examine it's like yeah like richard's not that great of a guy in that sense like you know just not not a very honest person because he's he's got an agenda too like right and it's that very 80s thing of like whatever it takes to like get the girl to like you and come home with you and that's you know just like it's a very quick and easy like motivation for stuff to happen without like having it to be like anything like character wise, you know, like deep character stuff. So, yeah, you know, just it's more, it's just more eighties wackiness. 
Yeah, I I think uh, this movie to me fits in there with a lot of those other high concept comedies of the eighties. You know, yeah. your your three men and a babies, your crocodile dundies, even like your coming to Americas that have these mm-hmm. these kind of big ridiculous you know thin plots going but they're they're going all the way with it and yeah. this one works to me works as well as as those ones do yeah yeah this is yeah this is a regarded this is a regarded comedy right a well regarded kind of comedy right yeah well like, I, you know yeah more or i less. think people view it today i think they would say you know you know what it is it's not you're not taking it seriously but you don't have to and they don't they're not asking you to and they don't know who made it expects you to it's it's right. but it works i mean it it's in the world of that movie it it makes sense <laughs> and the slapstick you know which is really what it is holds up it's well done yeah yeah i think that's another like kind of just sort of 80s centric kind of approach to filmmaking right like again you just have to kind of go with it like everything is just sort of you know don't question too much you know just kind of enjoy the ride right yeah yeah i mean right because when you get into the if you start really like well in real life this wouldn't have happened and right yeah um if everything falls apart real quick the, right. the fact that his girlfriend could show up and have se- successfully have sex with him mm-hmm. while he's dead and she is not aware of this the entire time right. is bananas. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, disgusting. And yeah, really gross and funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, uh, to me, I, I really, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I, I think Terry Kaiser um, also got really banged up on this one doing a lot of those gags and getting tossed that. around. Like he, uh, he fractured, I think three ribs. He got uh, like some serious neck injuries from this, but I think if you ask him, it was worth doing. It's his career performance really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately yeah. Terry Kaiser, I mean, he was around through the nineties, but then, quietly stopped acting and i think he teaches acting i want to say in texas somewhere somewhere in the south uh that he really is just out of the spotlight and and i think he's another actor that could at some point have a real career resurgence if they wanted to get back into it oh well well i don't want to oh spoil spoil away i don't want to get ahead of myself here because we're not there yet in our Friday the 13th adventure. Oh, but, well, oh. yeah. But Terry is coming back to play Dr. Cruz in a fan film that is being produced right now for oh. uh, Friday the 13th called Rose Blood, <laughs> which is the continuation of Friday the 13th part seven. Oh, my God. Uh, so yeah, don't count Terry out. This guy, he's gonna pop up. He's gonna that pop is up. We're gonna fantastic in oh, twenty wow. in twenty fifty six when we get to the fan films because we've finally gotten through all the other Friday Thirteenth movies. <laughs> we'll watch it and we're gonna be talking about it. I know. What are we gonna do when we when we run out of Friday movies? Just start them over again too. There's no end of fan films for yeah. Friday Thirteenth, so True. we we can just switch on over. And hey, by then, who knows? Maybe they'll have the whole legal things figured out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There you go. Um, Okay. Some of the fan films are legit, not to keep on this topic. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, All right. Should we talk a little? Is it it time for box office glory? Let's do it. Okay, let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, okay, the budget for interesting. The budget for Weekend at Bernie's is almost double what the budget was for Mannequin. Oh, so, fifteen wow. million dollar budget, which I don't know where that money went. I mean, maybe okay. McCarthy and and cigarettes and man, yeah. holy shit! 
I'm so glad people don't smoke in buildings anymore. But in this yeah. movie, like everybody's just blazing away in the office buildings. And I'm like, no, that's so that's yeah. so wild. That's so yeah. much smoking in movies from the 80s. Oh, my God. Every, it was in everything. And I used to think I remember thinking smoking was so cool. Like oh, Bruce yeah, Willis too. holding a cigarette was the coolest you could ever look. Yeah. yeah. It looks gross to anyone. Oh, now. Now. No it offense does. to yeah, smokers. Sure. Y'all look fucking gross and it looks yeah. gross re- seeing these old this old footage of it and vaping looks stupid yeah <laughs> it's like like you're, you're just sucking look, on a, yeah you're sucking on a lightsaber man like you look like <laughs> yeah. a dumbass <laughs> you old man <laughs> yeah, you don't man. get it hey so, i smoked and i vaped but they're fair enough oh so well, we're saying that the, can... the 15 million dollar budget went to cigarettes and coke uh or fake coke well then they then they have to like build that house that like the bernie oh did they build the house yeah they built that house house. yeah not that that's it's a very 80s looking beach house yeah yeah like yeah yeah it's kind of got like a you know sort of a what is that postmodern yeah modern yeah yeah Yeah. um kind of house or something and whatever yeah but that's a big set to to built and um, yeah for sure and and then tear down but yeah i imagine some of it went to silverman some of it went to mccarthy i'm sure you know the other terry kaiser and Catherine mary stewart got decent checks on it but um and then you know you've got a location move they shot the opening in new york and then they went to north carolina to film all the beach stuff so Mm, yeah uh but it comes out july 5th 1989 it only has a $4.5 million opening. And the producers oh. were very, very upset at Fox for releasing this film on that date because they felt like this was a major hit movie and was going to do like big, big numbers. But they opted to have it as counter programming against Lethal Weapon 2, oh which was God. a huge mistake that Fox eventually owned up to and admitted that they screwed that up. Um, it's, it, you know, we've, we've talked about the summer of 89. We actually did a whole podcast episode on it in year two. So again, check that out in our archives, www.reconsinimation.com. Very crowded summer of 1989. A lot of big movies coming out. You've got Indiana Jones and the last crusade. You've got Batman. You've got lethal weapon two. You've got karate kid three, uh, major league. You've, you've got Turner and Hooch, uh, and Bernie's is in there trying to find a spot. I agree with the producers that had it not come out in that on that date, they could have had a much, much bigger opening. You know, yeah, it did. Summer it, was rough though. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Doesn't Where sound like there was a it? good spot to put it there yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah, the comedy it's tough. You like you have to have a really breakthrough comedy to 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 do well in the summer like yeah, around this starting like around this time. <laughs> like right. Uh where you're just getting bigger and bigger movies. Yeah. Yeah, it ends up uh op- opening weekend it's it's hits at number 8 between Karate Kid 3 and Do the Right Thing. So, mm-hmm. not a great opening, but it does kind of chug along through the summer. Uh, it ends up with uh, about $30 million domestic run. So, you know, it ends up okay. They make their money. It, it is considered a hit. It just is not the hit that it, everyone felt like it could have been. Right. right. So huh. that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good run to like get up. To yeah. That's some legs that. for sure. Yeah. And, opening. and it did really well internationally. Um, there's not a lot of numbers out there on, on exactly how much, but, but uh, I, I know it was a hit. Apparently, it was bigger hit in Italy than E.T. was. So hey, what? they must have really <laughs> loved the slapstick more than friendly, lovable aliens. It's a lot of vino. <laughs> uh, it ends up at number 38 of, of, uh, of the year 1989, right between Fletch Lives and Roadhouse. Nice. Nice. Flesh lives. Talk about another cult movie with Roadhouse. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. You know, this was right ahead of it. Yeah. Crazy. But, you know, like we talked about, the legacy of Weekend at Bernie's lives on. 
They do uh, reunite to make a sequel in 1993. Now, apparently, uh, the, stri- the, the distributor, whatever kind of deals were made in the making of the first movie, Ted Kotcheff and, and the producers were, were cut out of any profits. So huh. they received basically no percentage of the gross from, from the first movie and eventually would sue the studio but it had fallen outside the statute of limitations. So they really, nothing really happened, but they've got money going forward. So uh, now they're getting, you know, some, some, some of that money, but they ended up making a ton of money off of weekend of Bernie's two, which was not a hit yet. Mm-hmm. They ended up making more money off that than they did on the first one. Oh, interesting. Um, they all two, came back or did they, is it just cause they, they no, it's the percentage two? points. On the second one? Right. Oh, okay. And it's just the uh, producer, the writer, and the three actors that return. Ted Kotcheff is not back. Uh, Catherine Mary Stewart is not back. And and that's that's it otherwise. so. Mm. But uh, yeah, two, not a great movie. Not a good sequel. Uh, I don't think we're going to cover that one anytime soon here. Just when we run out of other 90s movies to, to run through. But sure. <laughs> uh, uh. But the, uh, yeah, go ahead, David. I was gonna say though, like, what Brent was. Do you have a, a favorite Bernie moment? Because we, John and I, kind of listed ours. Like, is there? Uh, let's see. Favorite Bernie moment. I, I mean, they're. I, I think they're all a little clever, but I, I like the the like the uh, ski boat scene. I think that yeah. one's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> and he's banging into the buoys. Yeah, <laughs> I think a great gag. Even even the last like gag where he like kind of flips off the 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 gurney into the sand between yeah. them and just kind of like is sitting there like I think I think any of the stuff also where they've like kind of rigged things up like there's the scene where they're running towards the the ferry and they've like tied his feet oh, yeah. to their legs so when they step it looks like he's yeah like running you know like it's uh-huh. just like it's all kind of uh pretty pretty hilarious so um i like all of them i mean i like a a big chunk of them i think they're all pretty pretty well done but yeah that boat scene is is definitely one of my one of my favorites yeah yeah that's yeah iconic (laughs) him him just like just in the water and then yeah oh that's so funny yeah uh, they've debated about doing a reboot of Weekend at Bernie's, and I think it's uh, sort of always in discussion. But also, like, can you top the original? I don't know. Yeah, what's the know. what's the fresh take on Weekend at Bernie's? And yeah. and yeah, not that it's impossible, but you know, that's again, that's a solid performance. How do you top Terry Kaiser? Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard. I was thinking about that a little bit because sometimes, John, you're like, if you recast this, who would you? And I, you know, I think Terry does such a great job. The only person I could really think of is like, okay, maybe, and, you know, he was dead by the time this movie was made, but like Peter Sellers maybe is a guy mm-hmm. who, who could have played that, that kind of character, you know, and, and pulled it off. But I mean, I'm sure there's others, but like Terry just does such a great job that it's like, oh man. Yeah. You know. Well, and he's not known for his real physical comedy. No, I, not like, at all. I think you know you got to get somebody like a Jim Carrey who can really do that, those body movements, and and that kind of. Uh, I can't think of anybody, you know, modern era who who, I'm sure there are people, but it's just not jumping into my head as yeah. we're recording this, uh, of who has that kind of physicality that can step into that role. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, who would you? Yeah, you'd need someone stepping in. You almost could have done Will Ferrell. The uh, this burn a like, new. I mean, he's, he's kind of old now. Yeah. <laughs> to, would, you, to do. would you do like a a Will Ferrell and John C. Riley as as Larry <laughs> and Richard? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you, I think today they would cast Tom Holland and. Uh, I know. Right. In like, I don't know who would it be. <laughs> oh, I got, I got Chris it. Chris I've got it, guys. It's only the Marvel guys. I've got it. Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, all right. As Larry yeah. and Richard, come on. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Babe maybe work is, maybe is like a, 
maybe a Don Cheadle as Bernie. Well, All Don right. Cheadle, yeah, All sure. right. Don Cheadle I, would work. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's. I got connections. Let's make let's, start, let's make some of this happen. Let's start talking to him. We just we just cast it. It's been done. Yeah. But like but like, you know, it, it's the the strength of, the, of that whole crew, but it's you know, having Andrew McCarthy be this this like presence for us in in the 80s um, with like the movies that we covered this month that was, you know, there's still other movies we could talk talk about, but it's just our schedule sure. so packed. It's jam packed. Um, yeah. Jam packed. But so, and so that doesn't mean we won't be ta- talking about Andrew McCarthy again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just glad we, we got to talk about these uh, this month. Just because uh, it was time. It was time. Yeah. It was, we, we need a little, little Andrew in the, in the show. We hadn't uh, had him at all. And, and it was good to look back at some of his bigger movies. And you're right, David. There, of course, we will eventually hit your your uh saint elmo's fires and pretty in pinks and class is another movie i want to look at but uh but yeah we've got a you know andrew mccarthy august has now come to a conclusion we've got to move on uh we've got a, an exciting kind of exciting lineup coming up next month in september and right around the corner is david's favorite time of the year it's october, october. October <laughs> yep. uh, so we got a lot of fun ones to look at there that he's going to have a hell of a good time with. So lot, talk about sequels. They're, they're coming in October. Oof. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. It's a big sequel year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was fun to look back at, at Andrew and some of his movies and, and uh, good to rewatch them too. It's, it's been, been fun, but uh uh, no. That's going to wrap it up for us this week. We're going to say thank you to our friends, Curtis Moore, for the poster, as usual. And talk about posters real quick. Weekend at Bernie's and Mannequin, two fantastic 80s posters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially Bernie, that that really, like, conveys the tone of the movie, that sense of fun, they're, you know, where they're, they're just kind of hanging on to him, and you get the vibe right there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Gives you everything uh, you need to know. Yeah. So, uh, Curtis, thank you for your poster. And uh, thank you to E.K. Wimmer for the theme song, as usual. Don't forget to hit up his podcast, Laser Graves, anywhere you get your podcast. And check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're at Reconcinimation Podcast. And then, uh, again, hit our archives up. Check out some of our older uh, older episodes. We've got four years' worth of uh, shows in there for you at www.reconcinimation.com. Uh, I'm going to go. It's the end of summer. I'm going to hit the beach. Uh, I hope we don't find any dead bodies there. So I will see you next time on Reconsidimation. Take care. Bye now.